Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Jessica Compton. She's an amazing individual whose life has meant overcoming numerous challenges to get to where she is today. She was sexually assaulted at a very young age and incarcerated multiple times. But she is now founder of the Tree of Stars, an organization that promotes mental health awareness and assistance with recovery. And she's involved with teaching our younger kids below the ages of 15. And she's been an active educational assistant in the school board for over nine years. Now, she doesn't end there. I, I mean, if you look at her website, this girl is a dynamite bastion. She enjoys playing the piano and, and camera and, and doing so many things. It's hard to contain her in any little thing that I could say about her. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's just a great pleasure to be here. I'm super grateful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Well, let's go back to those dark years many, many, many moons ago. And I mean, it must feel like it was a different lifetime ago because your life is so totally different now. Absolutely. Uh, and as far as back as I can remember, um, you know, I can't bury those those uh, tragedies or trauma, but, um, you know, at times they're triggers. So uh, doing things like this and connecting with people and sharing my story, it, um, it definitely builds a strength. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to share, you know, different events. Um, I always like to say trigger warning, but uh, trigger warning is a strength, like I just said. So well, and I think that's that's something that you realize, you know, um, I've always said it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And, and you know, as a child, you couldn't help but be abused. I mean, that somebody, somebody ugly did that to you. But did you end up forgiving that person? Absolutely. Forgiving I'm going to say all of them because I can't even count on my fingers and my toes how many times I was sexually assaulted, how many times I was, you know, um, mentally or emotionally or physically abused uh, in different, uh, you know, I'm going to say places, not home because it never really felt like home to me, um, you know, and moving around in 50 different homes, um, you know, in different relationships and friendships. And it was just continuous. And it's, you know, it's not like I said, please come victimize me on my forehead. It was just, um, you know, uh, I, I can't even explain it. But I mean, I'm here today and there's some really good things happening. So I think there's always a reason why we go through what we through we go through. But um, that forgiveness part that you were talking about, it's it's continuous. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but I guess that's that's uh, that's a piece of heaven and a whole new level if, if you can get there. And, and I think it's possible for so many of us. Bill Clinton once asked Nelson Mandela if he forgave his captors. And as you know, he was ca in, 
in prison for about 20 years. And, and he said, and, and he also asked him, do you hate them or do you forgive them? And he said, the answer is both. But if I don't forgive them, I will never be free. Now, that is words of wisdom that I think everybody has to realize. And uh, in my book, there's a story of the sword, of the saw and the snake. And the snake and a saw have an argument. So the snake decides to wrap it around its, uh, the saw. And, and the more it, cut, it, it wrapped itself around the saw, the more it cut. The only way it could get out of the situation was to forgive the saw so it would stop the cutting process. And, and I think those, that's an image people have to realize is that forgiveness is really not for the person you're forgiving. It's for you. It's for you. So you will be free and you will grow whole. It's for you so that you can grow out of that situation and become the person that you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that all comes with limits and boundaries. You know, I've been very fortunate uh, to build the bravery to confront my, uh, some of my abusers, um, you know, and, uh, and knowing that um, not necessarily forgiving them right away, but there was also a process of, of hate and then also understanding and educating that there's illnesses out there and those uh, diseases, you know, if it's alcoholism and, uh, you know, raping somebody, those are situations where, you know, and even to this day, um, you know, sometimes when I smell alcohol, it uh, gives a trigger of when I was seven years old, when I was abducted and, and sexually assaulted. So what do I do with that trigger? What do I do with that image? That is a moment of where I, I go back and I have to forgive again. So forgiveness definitely ha doesn't happen overnight. No, and it's, as you said, it's an all-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that goes on and on and on because truly you have to relive that process when, when some of these triggers come on. And, and so what is the, how do you do that? How do, how do you put yourself in that mental state of saying, okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to go maybe to my quiet place. And I'm going to think about some good things. And, you know, what is your process? Yeah. So once I'm triggered, um, I definitely have, have to breathe. I think five deep breaths because my heart rate goes really fast, you know, and I could see that image, but um, I tend to have a notepad close by or a journal just to write out my thoughts um, when I'm ready. And um you know, if there is a space where I can go take a couple minutes. So even if that's, you know, you're at, at work and you have to go to the washroom, uh, you know, go in the stall and, and, and take some more deep breaths. But uh, um, I think once, you know, for me writing it out um, and then going back and revisiting that, you know, what you wrote and go, wow, I got through that, you know, if it was a panic attack or anxiety, but I, I definitely think that, you know, there's people that are, you know, years and years, they don't get to, to those levels, but um it's, it's definitely in the toolbox and it definitely has to be practiced on a regular basis. I think so simple as even a piece of gum, you know, or, or a drink of water. Um, I work with kids that have anxiety attacks all the time and I'm, I'm right beside them. I'm like, this is, these are the things you got to do. Uh, I do this thing where it's like blow out the candles. So if you put your hands up and blow out the five candles, um, that really helps utilizing senses, even if it's, you know, smelling the gum, eating the gum, 
you know, uh, tickling your tickling your arm, anything that's going to distract, but getting you to that moment where you can write about it or talk about it, having that one important person in your life or one important resource that you can make that phone call to a distress center because we're human. We're human. We got to go through those emotions and whether we like it or not, um, there's definitely a process and it's, it's not going to be fun, but it gets, it definitely gets easier once you have that, that practice. And uh, just to note here, everybody is different. So what I may utilize as a tool may not help uh, somebody else. So. Yeah, that's huge. Now, one thing about breathing, there's something called box breathing for people who don't know about it. And box breathing consists of breathing in to the count of four, holding it for a count of four, and then breathing out to the count of four. Now that's taught by the United States Marines in for them when they're in a very anxiety provoking situation, like they're in heavy danger or people are shooting at them and things like that. So they found that as a very important way of coming overcoming that anxiety in a situation of fear. So that's another breathing technique that'll help there. And uh, just Earlier this week, I interviewed an actor by the name of Sean Cannon, K-A-N-A-N, and he wrote an amazing book called The Way of the Cobra. And he has a whole part in there about dealing with fear and dealing with forgiveness and dealing with this. So he had written it as the way of the cobra because it's uh, a motif for uh, the oriental way of, of dealing with martial arts and things like that. So if, if anybody needs a reference to help them in these difficult times, I'd encourage you to pick up that book, The Way of the Cobra, and become a cobra. You know, a cobra is a, an animal that uh, is a very strong animal and doesn't live with fear and doesn't live with adversity. And there's very few predators for it that can overcome a cobra other than the mongoose. So the thing is, uh, the, the cobra is something that's almost invincible. And it, 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 in uh, Japanese um, temples and so on, it's a symbol of eternity and light. So maybe that's, that's something that can help some of our listeners out there as a way of helping them get to another level as well. And maybe you yourself might find that a valuable resource because uh, we all need resources. And one thing I found is books are very important tools for us to get to another levels and, and you know, help us to get to other ways of looking at things. And I, I tend to read about a book a week so that I can try to keep up on things. And uh, when I'm not reading, I'm listening to audiobooks. So I, I think those are things that people should be doing to help them get uh, up to those new levels and get to levels that they can be at and, and, you know, I, I think 2022 can be a phenomenal year for so many people if they let it. And, and I think people need to get to that level. I absolutely agree with you. And I, I, I believe books has, has been one of my saviors of, um, you know, uh, in, in so many ways. I can go through a list of books that, that I've read, and especially in the pandemic, you know, um, Netflix is okay, but once you start getting into binging, it's... Um, not so great for your mental health. So I definitely think, you know, and even as a way to support authors that are, are what a better way to click on Amazon and have those books delivered by the time you're done your last one and getting ready for the new one. Exactly. Now let's go through the times that you were 
a bad girl, and, and I'm put quotation marks around that, when you're going through your acting out phase and you needed a lot of help uh, going through those times when you were in, in, in you know, in jail and, and stuff like that. Why don't you go through that a little bit? Because some of our listeners may be going through that phase in their lives as well. Yeah. So backing up the story with uh, the, I'm going to call it the, uh, the ugly onion uh, unraveling all of that in, uh, you know, um, I guess, I guess it kind of created like a demon, uh, a demon that was lost and broken without resources or, or even at that saying the word broken, broken my resources, because, you know, by the time I was um, into many different drugs and, uh, you know, uh, homeless and running from the police all the time. And um, there was, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't go into my family's houses because they didn't trust me or something would go missing. Um, You know, being under the influence of anything, uh so yeah i guess it uh, to to forward it to um you know my my behaviors i i was i started bullying people at school i was i was spitting on them pushing them in puddles stealing their lunches uh setting things on fire uh and yeah that that brought me to my first arrest um when i was arrested when i was 15 for uh setting some fires um you know, and even at these moments, there was suicide ideation. Um, so the police were asking me, like, why are you, you know, hanging upside down from a bridge or standing at a bridge? I guess they were investigating me for a while. And um, while I was in custody, uh, I, I assaulted a police officer. I also escaped custody. Um, and then, you know, uh, so from age 15 all the way up to 19, I was I was always on some sort of probation or conditional release, you know, uh, checking in with my counselors, therapists, group work, therapy, a- anything you could think of, you know, and even going in uh, and, and the probation officer saying, we're, we're going to breach you if, uh, you know, you don't get yourself cleaned up. And uh, I used to be super, super annoying to them. And I'm like, go ahead, breach me. <clears throat> so I guess uh, it brings me to my last arrest. I uh, I stole the car. Um, and uh, even to look back and giggle about this, the guy was an insurance guy and he, he just went into a, a place to grab a coffee. And this was back when I was 19 and I'm 45 now. So uh, he left his car running and there was, uh, you know, I just uh, hopped in and drove it away. So I just, there was moments, you know, and, and yes, I do suffer from ADHD, but um, medication or not, you know, <laughs> I guess my advice is don't steal a car. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was 19. So I had to do adult time. And, uh, you know, finally, by the time I was, I was 21, I, I, I cleaned up my, myself uh, in different ways, but it was still a struggle. Uh, I ended up graduating from, from college and, and high school. Uh, but I wasn't done with numbing the stuff inside. So I got into once I finished uh, the last day of college and I graduated, I got into some ecstasy, going to raves, you know, and um, yeah, there was there was a point where a, a friend of mine, I, I took so much drugs that she had she had put her fingers down my throat and made me, um, you know, vomit so that uh, she said, you know, pretty sure you could have overdosed. And there was a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what I'm taking anymore and how much I'm taking. And it was um, it, it was all excessive. So. I went and I, I seeked more help and um, yeah, you know, um, I've had a couple relapses, but uh, over and out, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, still working on myself uh, as anybody else should with that self-care and filling up your cup. But uh, I'm glad you asked me about 
you know, that forgiveness and, and uh, do I hate those people that have done that stuff to me? Because I just go back and I reflect on everything all the time. I have a book that I'm, I'm, I'm writing and it's a journal prompting and it asks me every day, how are you doing really? So every day I write down how I'm doing and it kind of gives me that overview. So um, yeah, you know, that was, that was uh, I mean, being arrested and doing time and bullying and doing all those you know, uh, taking my stuff out on the world and just, uh, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. Many people I know once they've been through people, something like this have found having a daily routine helps themselves to keep themselves in in start as for some people it's starting with gratitude for others. It's starting with journaling for others. It's an exercise routine where they stretch or go for a run or, or, or something physical that puts them in the right phase for the day. For others, it's meditation. What is it for you? All of the above. <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> I, I do it in snippets. You know, this pressure, I think the pressure of us taking uh, self-care and routine, I do five minutes of reading. I do five minutes of journaling, five minutes of a cup of tea, you know, and if it's, you know, I've, I've got a great big jug of water, it's four liters, and I carry that around with me. So, so simple that that is only taking 20 minutes. I also do the gratitude affirmation showers. So when I'm in the shower, I say, thank you for my mind. Thank you for my hearing. Thank you for my heart. And I kind of do a body scan like that. I give back to myself first, and then I proceed to give back to the world. Um, and then that nightly routine of, of, of making sure that there's no device time, lighting a candle, again, going back to the journal. So I, I journal twice a day. And, you know, uh, the meditation part, um, I do about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, I also do a little bit of yoga. And um, I guess with the eating part, um, I'm not probably the best at mindful eating in the pandemic, as most of us, that was the only thing we could do. I, I could work in that area um, with movement, uh, you know, even just getting out for a quick walk and, and hugging a tree is so important. Yeah, I think that's all important. Now, there's a whole other sphere about you, Jessica, that our listeners don't know about, and that's how you give back and how you organize yourself in such a way to do so much. I mean, you do podcasts, you play the guitar, you do all these other things. And, and, you know, you have the same 24 hours as everybody else, but yet you've been able to really master many of those things. You know, when I look at your website, I say, oh my God, this lady is doing so much. How can she possibly do all this stuff? It's like you've been shot out of a cannon into a hurricane <laughs> while being chased by the devil. You know? <laughs> so, so how do you get it all done? And, and what, what's next for you? Yeah, I would have to say that I've like, especially in the last two years, just being tech savvy and uh, being really quick with my phone and having many apps and like scheduling, um, So I'm usually, even with scheduling, I'm six months ahead, uh, you know, with podcasts, things like that. I also live in the moment if somebody wants me to do something, if my, if my day is clear, like today, then I'm jumping in, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, taking a good swim with a, with a good human. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm all about the scheduling and, uh, I, I would have to say that I haven't had any cable or any kind of TV really in 20 years, um, 
I, uh, I'm not really a Netflix person. If it is, it's, it's definitely scheduled as well, you know? Um, and I also get my healthy meals, uh, for dinners delivered to my doorstep. So I don't cook my dinners. Um, and that is a sponsorship. I have to do a shout out to one of my sponsors, Chef Nina. Um, so she delivers so I can do what I do, um, in, in a daily. And then there's some, uh, you know, there are some helpers, but I like to do a lot on my own. It's uh, maybe a little bit of a gift with my ADHD, but um, if I'm not running, I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's great. And and I think that's wonderful what you do. I, I must admit, you put me out of my comfort zone when you put me on an Instagram podcast. I had never heard of an Instagram podcast, but it was a lot of fun and it got me into another, another mode of doing things. You know, I have to look at Instagram a bit more and how to become better at that. And maybe I'll have to turn to you to be a teacher for myself on that because I, I really don't understand Instagram. I don't understand how to make it work and I don't understand how to build my followers on it. So I think I would love to have a little bit of time with you and you can help me get my blinders off so I can make that go to another level as well. Absolutely. I'm always uh, more than willing to hop on and, and show those little, um, you know, quick starts of, of how to, and uh, I don't know, shout out to YouTube too, if we can hashtag them, because I feel like the number one, you know, search thing on YouTube is how to, so there's tons of tutorials on, you know, uh, cabin filter on your vehicle, anything to save a dollar. So I'd be more than willing to help you out for sure. Sure. Well, we'll schedule something and, and you can walk this old brain through some of these newfangled technologies. And I don't know if you're on TikTok, but that seems to be something else that people seem to be jumping on these days as, as another social platform where uh, it's breaking down boundaries and letting people get another message out there. Yeah, I am definitely on TikTok. It's all about my uh, kind of self-care practices and adventures, mainly adventures if I'm traveling, even if it's, you know, climbing a mountain, if it's me in a photo shoot, any kind of like um, embracement of um, basically living in the moment and just doing what you want to do. Also, my my dogs on there, um, just spending time with pets, anything that's going to fill our heart with joy. Well, I think that's what TikTok is. It's the joy medium in this day and age. And boy, are we lacking joy. Yeah. Hurry up and tell me what you need to say in 15 seconds because we're going to scroll to the next video, right? Exactly. We don't have time for another 15 seconds in our life. And boy, we need it now because we need this this gratification right now because the world's got crazy. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with Instagram, though. It's a, a nice place to kind of pop in, pop out, make those connections. TikTok's a little fast for me, but it's a nice place to kind of document my adventures. And that's about it. But Instagram, I think, is where it's at. Well, I'm going away for a week uh, to the mountains and, and not next week, but the week after. Later in the month, I sure would love to hear your insights on Instagram and you can help help this old guy get a little bit better at it and getting my, my stuff together. So I, I'll use your brain to transcend all those boundaries in there. I, I would be gladly to help you. Good. Now let's go through for our listeners, uh, how you made the transition from being that proverbial bad girl to where you are now. How did you make that colossal jump yeah, I was gifted. Uh, one of the things actually before I was gifted a, a very amazing job 
when I graduated college and, uh, you know, I started seeking therapy again for, for um, drug and alcohol use, um, I, um, you know, I, I guess there's these things in our life where, where we get, um, you know, things handed to us. But my dad had gotten me a job and it was in a factory and they didn't ask for my criminal record. I went in and they offered, they're like, does $27 an hour sound great? And I mean, this was like 20 some years ago. So I'm like, that sounds wonderful. They didn't ask for my criminal record. I got in and I was like, wow, this, this opportunity. And I think it was kind of like an awake. I'm like, wow, like, look at my paycheck. Um, you know, it went from saving money, buying a car and continuing therapy. Um, but also the fact that, and just before I graduated, like I said, I had my friend putting her fingers down my throat and I, I, I had to awake. Eventually I had to awake and say, do I want this life or do I want this life? Or you would um, have died. I, I mean, you would have died going down that path. You know, look how many kids in this day and age are overdosing. I was very, very fortunate that I had a social worker rest her soul, but she was my maid of honor in my wedding. She uh, I've known her since I was seven, but she was by my side throughout this whole process I believe we are all granted with that one person, that one person that's going to be there for us and, you know, stand by us no matter what, when we can't even look at ourselves in the mirror, that one person was her, but I've realized that that one person is myself. I have to be there for myself. I have to put myself first. Nobody is going to do this for me. The work is hard. It's ugly, but that best friend that's in, in, uh, within our world, it needs to be you. And, you know, I tell my, my partner now, I'm like, you know what, don't put me first, always put yourself first and I'm going to put me first. So any decisions I make, it's going to benefit me. And then you come second and she does the same thing. So I think that, you know, if we're in relationships or friendships, we need to make sure that we ground ourselves and do what's best for us. Even if it's not feeling the greatest, we just, we have to put ourselves first. You know, and I'm going to give a little exercise to everybody out there. You know, when you're alone and you're quiet and you need a time to yourself, I, I want you to be imagine somebody hugging you, somebody that you love very deeply. Now, I don't want somebody hugging you. I want you to imagine somebody hugging you. And I want them to hold you deeply inside yourself because that's where you're going to get joy and love. That's where you're going to get the love that you need to transcend the day. Because the first love you need is self-love. The first love you need before you can do anything else is to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you will never love others. Absolutely. And you know what? Anybody that's like depressed or, you know, been through trauma or anything that you're going through, even if it's so simple as you're brushing your teeth. That's self-love, you know, having a shower, thanking yourself for showing up and, you know, not standing at a bridge and jumping, reaching out to a doctor, you know, if that's medication or meditation, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta choose, right? So um, reach out to yourself and do the work. It is worth it. And you are worth it. Yeah. Jessica, you won't believe it but we're already at the end of our show. Didn't that fly by? You know, when you're, when you're talking to another good human and you're willing to listen and chat, um, I just think every conversation matters. And when you're at that place, 
it just it does fly and um yeah i guess uh yeah that does fly for sure you know they say that uh, you are your life is judged by the 10 people you hang around with and the one thing i've found being a podcaster is i get to hang out with some of the greatest people on the planet and and it's such fun i've never believed what fun it would be you know, like this week, I hung out with Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul and his beautiful wife, Crystal. I hung out with Sean Cannon from the Way of the Cobra. You know, jeez. And then I get to hang out with you. <laughs> what an a, a, a end to an amazing week. You know, I, I can't believe the joy that I'm having in these in these golden years. I always say it's the tribe that's alive. <laughs> The tribe that's alive. So Jessica, how can people get in touch with you and get into your world if they'd like to? Yeah. So which I'm going to uh, help you out with this too, is uh, I have a link tree. And uh, when you go onto any of my uh, social medias at tree of stars, uh, except for on Instagram, it's tree of stars on tour, but um, in the bios, there's a, a link tree there. It shows all of the uh, wellness resources, all the community projects, documentaries, album releases, um, you know, our self-care groups that are offered for free on Wednesdays, interviews from musicians around the world and artists and resources like yourself, authors, you know, yoga instructors. So yeah, just uh, click on the, the, the link in my bio and I'm going to show you how to do that. We'll hop on a call soon. That sounds phenomenal. Okay. Stay well, my friend. You too. Sending my love your way. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.